Hello and welcome back to Tversky Tuesdays. I'm your host, Hananya Abraham, and we are starting episode 37 today. We started last episode talking about the ability to search for truth through the difference and the correlations between rationalization and truth. And when doing the right thing that could be logical, can be something that we might do to convince ourselves, and how the quest for truth is a very important component of spirituality. Today, as we are on page 101, we are going to be talking about honesty versus truth. So, says Dr. Torsky, since human motivation most often has its source in emotion rather than intellect, how can we avoid the pitfall of self-deception? I think that's a great question and one that I probably deal with in my office as a therapist on a daily basis when we have the concept of our emotions overpowering and not being fully in control of ourselves and intellect not being the main factor in our decision-making. How can we make sure that we avoid the pitfall of self-deception? So this question is posed to a theologian who gave the following answer. A tightrope walker maintains his delicate balance in the following manner. When he feels himself being pulled to one side, he overcorrects by leaning a bit to the opposite side. If he corrected only to the center, he would fall because he's not balancing himself. That's just the words I put in, but I think that's the concept of it. If anyone wants to see um, a phenomenal documentary on the concept of tightrope working, tightrope walking, it's called Man on Fire. I think it was produced in 2008. Fantastic movie on what is needed and how a professional tightrope walker goes about training. That movie specifically is, that documentary talks about the specific story of the man I think it was in the 70s that tightrope between the Twin Towers and how he did it, how he planned for it, how he's actually able to make it happen. And he was arrested afterwards for trespassing. But the concept of tightroping, if you want to stay balanced, it's not just about going back to the middle, but it's about knowing how to go to the other side to counter whatever movement you're doing. There's actually a great book. I think it's called Life in the Balance. If anyone has any... Uh, specific questions about it. It's written by uh, David Pelkowitz, PhD, together with his father, uh, Rabbi Pelkowitz, on the concept of having a good balance and stuff. And that was that was the first thoughts in my head, honestly, as we were reading this over here. So go back to what Dr. Torsky is saying. If he corrected only to the center, he would fall. If you feel motivated to do something, realize that you most that the most motivation originates in desire. Therefore. Think of reasons why you should not do it. This overreaction may help counter, counteract the rationalization. So a lot of times that sort of it could also come back to haunt us, where if we're not doing things properly, we're not going to get the job done the way, the way we're supposed to. So a person has to know what works for him. Well, I think a, a suggestion like this could be a phenomenal suggestion. I still think it's something that uh, a person has to know how it can work for him. 
But let's see how the, having this concept of honesty versus truth is something that Dr. Torsky talks about, uh, talks about. When we are attacked, our instinctive response is to defend ourselves. This is equally true when the attack is against our opinions and beliefs as when it is against our person. We want to be right. So if someone is going to disagree with us, we're going to want to go ahead and rationalize and defend what it is that we think. Those are my words, again. (laughs) Um, Our minds, continues Dr. Torsky, can immediately conjure up any number of arguments to defend our position, and the urge to be right may reinforce our convictions. I think I've said said this example in an earlier episode, but something that I think about um, is regarding rationalization is in the concept of addictions, and I think one of the most horrible and, and sad cases that I've ever been a part of in some capacity, was someone that justified breaking a window in his own house on Christmas Eve and took all the presents from underneath a tree and sold them so he can have a hit. Now, at that time, he justified it by, let me do it this way so my kids won't feel bad. So it's, it's, it's obviously very sad that he would do something like that. What he didn't realize, besides for it being the thing that got him kicked out of his house, and it took months, and in one case, even over a year, to see one of his children. The window that he, that he broke had a metal bar on the outside of it. So he never had the opportunity to actually plan it out in a way that it made sense. That's when they realized that it was him. And even though he said he was clean, but getting that hit was something that it made. He justified it in that type of situation. And we do that all the time. You know, let me just press news one more time because you know what? I really went to sleep very late last night. When we make that excuse, well, it could be a good one. Are we rationalizing properly? Like we said, we want to be right. Or if we have a certain opinion about what sports teams are better or why this brand is a, is a better brand shoe. Of course, we want to be right in that sense. We want other people to approve what it is that we're saying. Our minds can immediately conjure up any number of arguments to defend our position, like we just said. And the urge to be right may reinforce our uh, convictions. This is a good reason why, in order to avoid self-deception, we need to seek the opinions of those who can be more objective than we are because we are not subject to the same drives that motivates us. Personally, the way I could could, uh, relate to this is whenever... I have a, some speech or lecture or panel that I'm being a part of in my profession. I would like to speak to other people, specifically my wife, who I know is going to be open and honest with me, uh, to talk things over and to make sure that I'm getting things right. And it's a very big help when you have another person's opinion, something that you might not have thought of yourself. That could, that could go a very, very long way. Many of the philosophers of yore, such as Diogenes, I think he was a Greek philosopher, I'll spell it in case anyone wants to look him up, D-I-O-G-E-N-E-S, with his lantern, sought truth. But the postmodern world is often motivated by expedience rather than by a quest for truth. In his book, Why Religion Matters, which I can say I have not read, but that's on my list now, now that Doug Torsky is talking about it. Hudson Smith points out that early in Harvard's history, 
one of its presidents cited the statement of Aristotle, find a friend in Plato, a friend in Socrates, but above all, find a friend in truth. Smith goes on to write Wilfield Cantwell's Smith statement that although Veritas remains enshrined on the insignia of the Harvard University, the word does not once appear in a statement on the aims of undergraduate education that its faculty took two years to hammer out. It's pretty sad that they could go so far as to try to have it as their core identity, but when it comes to their teaching aspects, they're not able to do that. And I believe a lot of schools, the professors, and sometimes the program do have an agenda. And I think it's important that for any of you that are listening to this, or know someone that is in a college program, to be aware of they should be forming their own opinions and seeking all sides in order to get to what the truth is. Truth is more than just an abstract concept. It involves putting the best we can into action. There is a woman who brought a covered frying pan and she placed a cover on the pan as she laid it on the checkout counter. But there were actually two price tags. The pan was nine ninety-eight. And the cover was two ninety-eight. The clerk, seeing only the price tag on the cover, assumed the entire item was two ninety-eight, rang it up as such. The woman said to her, "That's not right. The two ninety-eight is only for the cover. The pan is nine ninety-eight. This woman could have saved ten dollars by remaining silent. However, she was truthful. I think also another very important part is he's saying here to sort of get to the bottom of what the right situation is." is also to be non-emotional something. So if, let's say you're trying to find out if a certain school is the right place for your child. So you can go to one person and you might hear what they have to say. But keep in mind, you don't know exactly what their experience is. Maybe they had a horrible experience. Maybe they're the only one in the class that had a horrible experience. So you take that person what they have to say. You absorb it. You listen to it. And then you ask someone else. No judgment yet regarding if the school itself is a good place or not. Just to finish off the last paragraph over here. The bottom line is that honesty and truth are inseparable. A spiritual person who sincerely searches for truth, a spiritual person, excuse me, who sincerely searches for truth must be prepared to accept the consequences of truth, whatever they may be, even if the truth is uncomfortable even if the truth is uncomfortable. And it's not about getting an answer that we like, but getting the answer that is right, is the way I sort of like to say it. The last sentence over here um, in, this, in, in this area, on page 102 on the bottom, the temporary unhappiness of discomfort may well be, but in the end, the only way to true happy, happiness is by being honest. He ends it by saying the only way to true happiness that's what it is, is that little bit of uncomfort, uh, uncomfort. But when you have truth overall in what you do and how you live your life, that's where happiness comes from. So how does a person find truth? How does a person get to place of seeking and finding the right way? I think that's something that's going to have to wait for our next episode. Episode 38 coming up, hopefully in the next few days. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Greatly appreciated to all those support. Emails, questions, concerns, comments. You can reach out to me at koshercounseling at gmail.com.